You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, Episode 11, Vanguard, Issues 1, 2, and 3. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in its terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast. The show that has mistakenly been beaten up by Supreme yet again. I'm Raven Perez. I'm Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And you're joining us for a Savage Fincast Retro, where we take a look back at Savage Dragon issues from the past, as well as spinoffs, crossovers, related series. And uh, we discuss them, talk about them, we get into the past. I think we got a really awesome couple of shows here for you. Take it away, James. Well, uh, we're going to be looking at um, Gary Carlson's Vanguard, uh, which is specifically issues one, two, and three. Normally, we'd only do two issues, but we feel we need to get through Vanguard a little quick, so we're going to just do three per episode while we're doing the Vanguard stuff. Because uh, there's a little bit to get through, and there's a little bit to talk about. Because the unique thing about Vanguard was every issue has a different artist. Mm-hmm. And so every issue kind of has its own unique look for good and for ill. <laughs> so uh, I think just going through them and just kind of seeing what we like, what we don't like, deciding whether or not changing your artist every issue is a good idea or not, I think is going to make this interesting in general. Yeah, it'll be a big departure, I think, because really, to be honest, um, I feel like mostly these Vanguard issues are about oopsie there's a fight and like that's almost the plot of every single one of them so yes, almost that, that the... dang language barrier yeah yeah. Mm-mm. if only my helmet was here <laughs> but like uh yeah and and then for the most part that's it but the artist change actually really kind of makes it interesting uh, that's really like probably what will be the biggest point of conversation honestly yeah and in many ways i think it's why it makes it as memorable as it is and i think that it was a misstep indeed so uh just to recap we actually read vanguard zero back when we reviewed savage dragon number two because it was a flip book on that issue and so where that issue left off um vanguard had been fighting a bunch of uh uh simu- simulations of superheroes only it turns out the last one he fought was supreme but it wasn't a simulation it was the real supreme and so basically, this first issue picks up directly after that, with Supreme and Vanguard facing down each other on Vanguard's satellite. I will say, um, we are not doing page by page, but I would be remiss if I did not praise it. Um, I love, love, love the fact that if you fold issue one out, you oh, get yeah. a triple gatefold cover. We, we got your trifold cover, yes. Oh, it's just strange. It's strange. Is it? It's weird, but dude, I love it. Because this way you get a triple gatefold without having to like have it all accordion out. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's on the back cover. I mean, how uh, is that unusual? Because normally I expect them to have folds on the front and the back cover for a fourfold. Well, I get what Craig means, because normally the back cover is not part of the pinup. No? Well, if it's a double like thing, like Kaiju Max does that to this day, where the back cover and front cover work together for a double page spread. Right. But usually if you're going for triple gatefold, what you've got is two folds on the interior and then the back is something else. Indeed. Okay. Instead, on this one, you lay your book flat for the listener who is only listening with no issue in hand. You lay your book completely flat out on a flat surface, pull the front cover out one flap, and so the back cover is in your left hand, the front cover is in the middle, and then in your right hand would be the interior flap forming the third part of this three-page, like, you know, triptych kind of. It's cool. It's weird. I really love it. Um, I think when we were talking about mini posters in uh, earlier Savage Dragon issues, I was saying this is a strength that print has that I wish would return. Like, I wish more comics would do weird little shit like that. No, I mean, I just thought it was strange to, to give it a trifold cover. Like, it seemed like uh, it didn't, like... Doesn't add any. Like I think it's one of those things of the '90s where they had the money to do it, so they just did it. But it's nothing like it's not advertised or like oh you know whatever. Like it's just it's just something a little added, I guess. It's just you don't see it anymore. You're just jealous. Dragon never got a threefold cover. That is strange. If you did it for Vanguard, why you wouldn't do it for like Dragon? It is. You know, it's funny. Like almost 250 issues, and it's a gimmick that has not been applied to dragon like you know eric was talking about like oh i wonder what gimmicks i can still like tackle or approach triple gate fold cover no 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 <laughs> you gotta go one further every page is a fourfold. Oh, jesus <laughs> and you know what the <laughs> worst part is mess you, well you know what the worst part is that's already been done i think a wolverine issue did it what yeah. what back a nightmare in, back in the 90s i think there was a wolverine issue where every page was a was a, was a fold out wasn't there like a Madman issue like that where like it was like one long fold out or something? Like the whole I th- issue? I think there was. Yeah. I think yeah. the the last issue of uh, Promethea by Alan Moore, I think it's supposed to be a poster. Every page like connects to become a poster. But I haven't read it, so I'm not certain of that. But I know there was something weird about it like that. So there's things you can do that have, I guess, have been done. But, you know... There's more gatefold opportunities out there, I suppose. I love it. I love it. I think it's a strength of print. And I think that, you know, if you're trying to justify, like, oh, how do we do... We were having this conversation recently with COVID-19 and everything about, like, oh, no, monthlies, you know, monthlies are going to go away. And I think that if you want to justify your existence, one of the ways you do that is you play to your strengths. And so it's when I flipped out this Vanguard number one, it was a nice surprise. I had forgotten about it. I flipped out the triple fold, and I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. So I'm just saying, I wish more. Again, we're not doing page by page on this, but I just, I, it's a thing you cannot not talk about. All right. So let's. Uh, cannot not. <laughs> cannot, cannot not. not. Cannot not not. <laughs> so credits on this issue. Uh, this was published October 1993. Uh, we got co-creator, editor, Eric Larson, co-creator, writer, Gary Carlson, penciler, Tom Coker, inker, Jim Sinclair, letterer, Chris Iliopoulos, colorist, uh, Brad Venkata, and uh, correspondent, Weasel, Josh Icorn. And there is a backup in this story. Oh, no, this is just 
No, this is not a backup. This is just, there's a second Vanguard logo. I guess it was its older logo. It's weird. It's a backup. It's the original. It's it's a reprint of. Oh, it's a reprint of the Vanguard original. That's why they use the old logo. That makes sense. And that story is going to yeah. have art by Gary Carlson and art by it's Eric Larson. Yeah, from Megaton 1. Yeah. Just a thing to hit on, just for listeners, Vanguard is a co-creation of Gary Carlson and Eric Larson. So they both own Vanguard. It's Gary came up, I think, with the concept, sent Eric a sketch, uh, basically wanted a, and, and I hope I'm not walking over what you want to say, but wanted to create a Superman that was like Superman, but ugly, like kind of not necessarily yeah, ugly, but, but basically more an, an alien looking Superman and how, how that would play. Uh, if, if, you know, if Superman wasn't handsome, would the world accept him? That kind of thing. Right. And so his and co- so Eric, and his costume kind of reflects that he's got the blue bodysuit, the red underpants. Sorry, Eric. And, uh, so he's got the, the <laughs> he's got the Superman color scheme, you know, without the chest logo, but he's got the weird head. Yeah, and so and Eric designed him, so they're co-creators, um, and then Eric pulled Gary in to do the writing for this series. It's funny he describes uh, Eric describes Wally as originally Gary had him looking like an eight ball, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's just a funny yeah. visual, like yeah. <laughs> well, he he recently I think posted it, didn't he on on the Eric Larson fan Facebook page? Like the, oh, the images? if he did, I missed it. Thought he did. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's funny. He's, uh, um, Gary sent sketches an ugly Astro Boy like hair with his companion who looked like a flying eight ball. Ooh. Funny. So we go from Gary giving Eric work and Megaton back in the day to now Eric returning the favor. Now, later. I'm pretty sure Tom Coker was the artist on the Vanguard Zero issue as well. Yes. Uh, so it, the, art, the art continuity is still good here. <laughs> Now, I will say, I think we critis- we gave that a lot of criticism, I think. And that will continue. I don't think it improved much from here to there. To be honest, this is probably my least favorite looking issue of these six that we're going to be reviewing yeah. in the next two episodes. I mean, it's serviceable. You can tell what's going on, but there's some weird stuff going on with anatomy. and. Well, I think that he, if if you look at the original Megaton issues i mean vanguard is just like built like superman he didn't get big until the second issue of vanguard which we'll talk about so right. i'm wondering if tom just kind of mauled him off of the vanguard stories because that's all there was at the time right um and if you look at the the cover but not, not even one, vanguard supreme's all over the place sure yeah. sure but I, i'm just saying vanguard in general is pretty scrawny compared to every other appearance after this that's true and, and it matches the old megaton look um except for when you look at the cover he's like really built so i wonder if the cover was done afterwards or whatever it's just it's a little weird because he looks like normal vanguard on the cover but the whole interior he's more like just looks like a buff regular human kind of yeah you're right i hadn't even noticed um i I think to, to what jim was saying is that like coker his art is rough. Um, there's stuff on here that I still find incredibly appealing. It's it's weird. Um, yeah. You know, again, we are not doing blow-by-blows, but if you want to flip through this, I think on almost any other page, you're going to find something that is visually interesting or cool. Um, and yet, man, there's just some some roughness to it. He, he's a young guy when he draws this. I looked it up, and he was like 21 when he 21? drew 21? There you go. Yeah. 
that's all it is. Yeah, they're just inconsistency. Like, you know, Jim said it. I think Supreme is just looks like a completely different guy on some pages. And it's just, uh, I think there's things to love about this for sure. I think yeah. there is cool stuff, but man, he draws some. Just everyone in this is ugly as shit. Some so. of it feels extreme influenced. Some yeah. of the art. Well, yeah, I mean, Supreme's in it, so you kind of get that feeling. The cover in particular seems kind of extreme yeah. uh, based. I, I got to wonder if maybe he came over from Liefeld's camp in general. I don't know. Don't know. I'm looking at his basically his uh, his uh, work history. He does a lot of covers after mm. this. Uh, not some, not not very many interiors, and usually it's on stuff you've never really heard of. Like, actually, did he even draw this? He does like exiles, I think. Aliens well, no, the, was, again, I looked no. that up. Those are covers, though, not the okay. interiors. Uh, okay. Like, like he he did five issues of Near Death, but it was just the covers. Hmm. Gotcha. But near- yeah, he's here and there, but nothing like yeah, there was. But, I couldn't find any like big runs of anything. Or yeah, 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 like. I think I think like I'm looking at here. It says he did six issues of Agents of Atlas for Marvel, but I double checked it. Uh, no, Leonard Kirk drew that. I'm pretty sure he did backups in them, and, or no, he did he did cover work on them. Is all so yeah. There's nothing like really significant to like compare like how he's improved or what he's really doing th- these days. Yeah, I do want to see. I think the coloring is uh, commendable. On this. I see, I, I'm I'm on the opposite camp. I also oh, don't much care for the color either, to be honest. It's all very okay. bland. Well, before, and... before I praise it, go ahead and tell me what you guys don't like. No, no, you go first. Yes. Well, I'll say this. The, okay, so yes, obviously there's very wonky early digital coloring shit. There's, yep. there's airbrushing stuff that just falls, and it's not good. Like those those blue highlights on the very first page, I don't, oh, don't yeah. care for oh. that on Supreme's face. And, and in the hair, very weird rendering. Yeah, yeah, there's stuff like that that's just oog city. I do not like it. It doesn't land. Then you get into Vanguard's ship, and I think that all the different flat coloring on the computer monitors is a cool visual. And I yeah. think that when Van throw or not Van, when Supreme hurls Van's ship, uh, I think that effect of all like the rainbow burst because the ship's traveling like you know light speed fast. Right. I, I think that's a cool coloring decision. And, uh, you know, again, like, there's that bizarre, like, so much pain, must make it stop. And I think it was a clever use of color holds to kind of sell, like, what Coker was doing there. Yeah, yeah. I I think there's commendable stuff. At least this is interesting, I think, visually. So it's, but it's bad because even Larson's, you know, artistically, even Larson's backup has art stronger than coker's work yeah and it was like 10 years old at this point yeah it's it's literally his first published work and he goes it's funny he says in the credits he's like oh you know go easy on me don't be hard you know it was my first job don't be too harsh eric's like vanguard backup is stronger than the art in the fucking you know beginning of the issue so yeah it's it's a hodgepodge (laughs) Yeah, I, th- I think Vanguard. I think the coloring suffers the same as a lot of the early stuff. It's weird um, though, too, because it's colored by the same guy. Yeah, and the weird thing is that like the the color, the palette is so all over the place. I'm so thankful that it never really showed up that much in Dragon, where a lot of these kind of spinoffs have this 
palette that's just like a million colors you know what i mean and the the ugly ugly greens and and neons (laughs) and like it don't i don't recall that really much showing up in in dragon which i think was good but i see in a lot of these early image comics everywhere well again it's digital coloring is emerging and so they're doing things that literally were impossible like right. you, you literally couldn't make a page look like this <laughs> again. Like you know, like you said, for better or for worse. So this early '90s shit, it's hit or miss because of that. Like they're experimenting, you know, they're mm-hmm. fucking learning what they can do, and I think they kind of like you know went overkill. There are pages on this that just look like a fucking nightmare for for coloring. <laughs> the the first real uh, glimpse we get of Vanguard's teleporter, which we will see time and 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 time again, <laughs> is uh, pretty detailed and crazy looking. And then it just turns into like three sticks eventually. Yep, yeah, three yeah. sticks to go clack clack clack. Yeah, but I, I like those stylized three sticks better because yeah. this this version of the teleporter looks like the bottom of a camera tripod. Exactly. Yeah. And I like the three the three sticks that like pop out look cooler. Yep. Yeah, Supreme man. So what what do you guys? All right. So like, how do you, how do you guys feel about Jerk Supreme here? <laughs> I mean, it's the usual stuff. He's not, you know, he's fine. I think he's a good concept. I, think, I love him. You know, <laughs> I think Liefeld, you know, really had a great idea. Like you know, Superman takes off for fifty years. Kind of comes back as an asshole. It's um, funny. That I, I was, thought it was a cool concept. You want to? You want to? Funny is that was almost the plot of uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah. Right. In, in some, some, some ways, it is. But yeah. Yeah. Because he, 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 like, he Supreme he, precedes Kingdom Come. <laughs> yeah. You're right. So it's kind of funny because Kingdom Come, everybody's like, "Oh, it's so cool!" Oh, and I'm like, hey, "Well, yeah, fucking that's Supreme." <laughs> well, it's all in the execution. <laughs> right. I and like Supreme though. Like the thing is, is I think I this like is Supreme. Cool. Too. I like Supreme too. I just don't like Liefeld's way of doing Supreme. He was involved with it so little is what's funny. Like I'm just saying, like the extra, like Liefeld, like had not to like Jerk Supreme. Are you saying you don't like Jerk Supreme? No, 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 no. I'm saying okay. I'm not saying I don't like Jerk Supreme. I'm saying the way he's used. Like we read that one Supreme issue for the crossover cast Mm -hmm. and he's just so boring he comes back and he just kills he just beats people up and he isn't even consistent about it it's not like it's not like solar man who comes in just murders everybody yeah because solar man i think was a little better done of concept wise solar Solar man Man just comes back just murders everybody who jaywalks supreme doesn't (laughs) quite do that although he's willing to do it solar man is the superior supreme for sure yeah yeah I think it's cool though. Well, I, I think Solar Man is just a twisted villain. Like he's just snapped. Where Supreme is still a hero, but he's more a vigilante. He's like he's like if Punisher became Superman, basically. Yeah. Right. And I mean like even in this issue, like I said, I think he's got cool like motive like he's you know, he, he says he knows their race and he doesn't want Earth dragged into their war, which is what's kind of funny is think about what actually did happen. Right. Did did fucking not the aliens come and like tear up fucking Earth pretty good? Yeah, the like Supreme Combine. A- yeah, Supreme was actually right. Who I don't think it name dropped once in this series. Now that I think about it, no, um, 
they only talk about um It's a vague his threat. Race. It's not defined. Maybe. Yeah. Kleptus. Yeah. <laughs> but um no, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool use of the shared universe. Um Well how do you guys want... how do you guys feel about having crossovers for your first issue? I'm not yeah, that's what I, I, I am too. not a fan. Because I always make it always feels like you're using somebody else's character to get cred. I mean, in a way, Super Patriot did this too because it had Die Hard and Youngblood in the first issue. And well, I, you, and while I understand that it's cool to have characters cross over, I just don't think they should be in the first issue. Well, I tell you what I like about it. Here's what I like about it on this uh, Vanguard one, and I like it even more. What's funny is like I read I read that like Gary wanted to have Vanguard be his ugly Superman, but I like it even better when I think about it that way, because what's funny is if you think about it, you have. So what you have is two versions of Superman here. Right. And so, you know, Vanguard yeah. spends very much the beginning of the issue getting his ass kicked. He does. And then he uses technology and, you know, his suit and the power draining gun to, like, you know, siphon the power off. And it's kind of cool because it's like, you know, and then he beats he beats Supreme up a good bit, you know. Right. And it's just yeah. kind of one of those things where I was like, you know what? I like it. Yeah, I, I it's it's two dichotomies, you know. It's like the eighteen year old Superman, and this guy's kind of just like a TV junkie and just a goofball and just super young and inexperienced. Versus like the grizzled kind of war veteran Superman that's just angry, you know. Yeah, it's a good, it's a it's it's a good matchup. Yeah, but exactly. I, I do see what you're saying about like. It does take the shine off of Vanguard a little bit to start off with. I mean, think Supreme about it. At the end of his first issue, he gets beat up and thrown in jail. <laughs> I mean, but he did get to beat up on a Superman yeah, level. Threat. He, he, he like, got a few licks in, sure. Don't you think that's more interesting than him standing above the city? Like, I guess I'm here to help Earth. You know, I think it's more interesting. Like, to have him end up in jail. Yeah, and they have to have a way to bring him down to Earth because he's supposed to be just out in space, you know, not visible to anybody. So there's got to be a, a good way, a good threat to, to, you know, justify him now being known. Right. I, I mean, I, I get it. I'm just saying. I'm just spitballing here. Because yeah. so, yeah. it's just I've started to see a pattern with these early image books is that this seems to happen a lot where every issue they every first issue they try to cross over with something right just just don't get me wrong that's probably a money decision too it's like you know hey we want to bring some of those extreme fans over to this side of image universe let's throw supreme in because everyone wants to get every appearance of supreme or whatever it is you know right well plus two i mean it makes sense for what they were doing like they were they're working that shared universe so, yeah. like, you have Vanguard, who looks more like a traditional superhero than many of the image, you know, early image characters. You know, what's going to help give him a little push? Throw fucking Supreme in there, you know what I mean? That instantly puts him in as part, instead of standing out, that instantly makes him part of the image universe. He's fighting Supreme. It's like, okay. And yet, it, is- it only lasted six issues. <sighs> I know, dude. I can't. I can't fight against you. It's a, it's a weird decision too, like to have all these different artists uh, across the series, which uh, is strange in itself. But then to start it with seemingly the least experienced 
artist. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, it's so crazy. Like, we're looking at these. I'm looking at the pile of issues here. And I would say that, like, Coker's your weak link. Out of, out of all these artists, he's definitely the one that's, like, the least experienced and the least visually interesting. And, and even then, too, even when you take this in context of the time period, yeah. the other guys are already doing other stuff. Yeah, so it's like if I was going to start this series, like, you put Joe Mad on number one. You know yeah. what I mean? Or Leonardi or Angel Medina. I don't know. Yeah, yes. Yes, dude. Even, even – um, Jason Pearson, you know, who did number two. Well, let's talk. Yeah, but I don't even know what he had out then. Well, I can tell you because I know all about Jason Pearson. There you go. So let's go into (laughs) issue number two. Issue number two. So issue number two was created. Creator credits are Eric Larson, Gary Carlson, penciled by Jason Pearson, inked by Carl Story, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. Editor, editor, Janie Wong is editor on this one. Eric's wife. Right. And still uh, Brad... Vincata, Vincata as colorist, mm-hmm. and Josh Icorn as the Beaver, and then there's also <laughs> a backup story at the end here with uh, Carlson and Chris Ecker, with pencils by Rob Haynes and uh, pencils and inks by Rob Haynes. So yeah, Jason Pearson, I'm familiar with because at the time this came, and again this was this came out in November '93, and I believe. For the last year, Pearson has been drawing uh, Legion of Superheroes with Keith with with Keith Giffen. Hmm. Uh, of course, you know then. Of course, sure. I know. In fact, <laughs> I'm reading those relevant issues right now. But um, but over there, he basically Legion of Superheroes originally had Keith Giffen doing primarily primarily all the art, but at issue 25, it jumped over to Pearson, and Pearson would do a number of issues going forward from there. Uh, right. He would be the regular artist for almost two years. Now, he was doing something over on Legion because he, he was following Giffen's layouts because we all know Giffen has really, like, he draws all his plots, and so you just follow the layouts to do the art. So, sure. over on Legion, Pearson is doing very strict nine-panel grids. Like, very strict. No deviation. Hmm. So, hmm. it's interesting to see in this issue, this is the first time I'm seeing him cut loose with, you know, his layouts. And cra- with his style, I would never expect him to be a guy just do nine panel layouts. Oh, yeah. yeah, me either. But it, I, I like his Legion stuff, and I think this, in a lot of ways, is a lot more cartoony than he was doing over there. I mean, he, he's got an animated style there, but here it's way through the roof. Uh, I love it. Especially the way he draws his women. Love it, dude. I think it's a total well, home run. Yeah, I mean, this reminds me of Body Bags, which I... Loved. Which he will go on to do later, yeah, correct? I, I, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's past I mean, 90. And he also does uh, Blood and Guts, which... It's Blood and Guts, right, that he did? Which is my one of my favorite yes. early Dragon uh, miniseries. I thought he killed it there. He, he uh, gave Alex her awesome car and brought in a lot of cool little elements. I think this is strong as shit. I mean, uh, what's beautiful is that, like, he does everything. I mean, dude, I'm telling yeah. you, like, you know, he this, was, this should have been your number sorry, one guy. Sorry, just interrupt Because, one like, thing. He, he he was doing Deadpool at this time. Yeah. Because Eric talks about it, I think, at oh, the end was. of issue one about, or something, or zero, I don't know. It's, it's uh, He lists, like, what the guys are doing that are going to be on Vanguard. 
Right. It is worth mentioning that like that was the genesis of all this is they had all these guys that they wanted. None of them could commit because all of them were doing something else. Instead, the idea was, hey, if none of you can do a series, I'll just get one issue out of all of you, which, hey, I mean, it's, I see the logic. Let's I before we get to it two, landed. Huh? Good. No, Joe, 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 man. Oh, that's I'm, I'm sorry. So, let, let me just read this real quick. Yeah. This two sentences from Vanguard one from the page that will go on to be their letter pages. But Eric just writes like a huge thing on there. But this part says this issue was drawn by Tom Coker, who did the Vanguard zero story instead of Dragon two. The second issue is by Jason Pearson of X-Men annual fame. The third issue is by Joe Met- Madrera, the artist of Deadpool. The fourth issue is by Rick Leonardi from Spider-Man 2009. The fifth is by Angel Medina, former Megaton artist and just finished up Warlock and the Infinity Watch. And the sixth issue is by Andy Smith, who has done some great issues of Silver Surfer. So that's where those guys, everyone is at this time. And I mean, it's a fucking killer. What's funny is it's a killer lineup. I mean... There's not really much to complain about that. you got all kinds of crazy talent. I just think that, like, you know, Pearson here, I mean, he yeah. just kills it, dude. Um, his yeah. – everything about this is strong. It's still good, like, to this day. Like, his faces are incredible. His body language is incredible. The technology in the background has, uh, you know, just little shades of that Dave Johnson This is Kudzu my favorite tech. issue of the yep. series. Um I just think he makes Roxanne look like a 14-year-old girl, which is a little weird. Everybody did Roxanne different, though. Very different. I think she was the least consistent character in all six of these issues. Yeah. Yeah. My one thing with Vanguard here, I feel like maybe, and I don't know, maybe Eric would have to tell us, but I feel like Pearson gives him his defining look of his build, unless Eric gave him notes or something, but... Like I said, this is the first time we see him as kind of big as he is. And also, what I like about Jason Pearson is what I think that these some of these artists are missing is though, even though he's an alien and he's weird looking, he's still kind of a handsome dude. Um, yeah, and he's, I think it's he's monstrous, for, but handsome. I think it's kind of hard for people to get that. I think it would be hard. Like I can't imagine it's got it's got to be kind of hard to to hit, hit that, especially with not a lot to look at. Right. Uh, in terms of issues or anything like that. So I feel like Pearson really nailed him mm-hmm. being kind of a handsome dude and being like buff and basically what we see as Vanguard today. Yeah. That makes I'll sense. agree with every bit of that. I'll agree with every bit of that. He nails he nails and defines the look. We also get the origin of Modem, who isn't actually named in this where she was a scientist working on teleportation technology, and her DNA got screwed up, and she went from a very short woman to a very tall one. She got hot, but she didn't like it. <laughs> Popeye uh, has a cameo in this. Um, I just, I'm sorry, I just have to say I love Easter eggs. So if you are reading this, read, uh, dear listener, keep your eyes open for the Sailor Man himself. He's out there. Um, and also to uh, Modem's butt legendary panel it's burned into my mind <laughs> well you did say you read this one a lot i read this what's funny Red is there's like marks. so vanguard we were kind of like <laughs> check, check, Van- for, check for wrinkly parts uh, of the page uh, you bastards 
Vanguard, uh, I have a bizarre connection too because, like, I was telling uh, the fellows before the show started, I went back into this not knowing quite what all I had like read, you know, as a kid, and I had uh, two, three, two, three, and six like memorized. I was like, holy shit, dude! I've read two, three, and six so much. One, four, and five, not so much. I could, I couldn't, I could hardly tell you. Um, but I will say that, uh, you know, this is yeah. really good. This is strong as hell. I loved it. I think if this was number one, sales yeah. would have been different. Like, like seriously, I think like if they had led with, with Pearson, like it would have been. And let me run this by you guys. What do you even think about like if they had just sort of like ditched an all issue fight sequence down to like maybe like a page or two and then had mostly this issue be the first yeah, issue I, I think yeah. don't you think that would have made a difference maybe because I just don't think that you really needed like a full issue of Supreme and um or the Supreme Van fight could have all. been issue zero yeah agreed this just it's it's funny to me because this series becomes so much more interesting like yeah. starting an issue 2 like an issue 2 like i think everyone has more character more personality like vanguard's whole thing where he's just kind of like a stranger in a strange world and he, he doesn't speak the language and he's just misunderstood and he he can't understand anyone he can't even read I just think it's yeah. instantly yeah. more compelling. I have compelling. so much more to say about this issue than the others because it is the best issue in my mind. Um, but I do think you need to set up laying on his dude. You know his whole, you know, guy up in space secretly looking, and so you need to get to a point where you get him on Earth. So it takes a little bit of a setup to do that in a few pages. Um, right. Can I just talk about the the cell he's in and how detailed and cool it is? Like when you look at like the first page, and I don't want to go page by page, but the detail Pearson did in like putting like the power dampeners or whatever on the chains and stuff like that is just neat. And one of the we talked about yeah. this when we reviewed Savage Dragon Six is that you know six calls back to this issue. So this issue, the events happen first, and those two guards show up in six. That's neat. My favorite, favorite um, scene in this book is the panel where, like, Vanguard, like, his face pops up in the window and scares the shit out of the guys. Like, I can, in my mind, I see that happening, like, almost like in a horror movie or something. It's like a jump scene, you know? And and it's just, it looks so cool because his head is so huge compared to them, and you get the real kind of enormity of Vanguard. It's just, it's just a great scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, that sequence is fantastic. Yeah. And when he tries to break out, they upgrade his his uh, restraints significantly. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Is <laughs> how extreme they went with two. Because uh... previously he just had his arms like chained to the wall, chained to the ceiling. But after his first breakout attempt, they stick him in this like huge giant just, fridge thing. Looks like a like a yeah pressure cooker. Well, you know, Supreme tells him, he's like, hey, don't worry about him. You know, without his suit, he's, he ain't shit. And then, uh, so of course, all they have is like, his he's restrained. But then, obviously, here, he's punching through the super glass and all that shit. So, yeah, like, 
he's much, much, much stronger. Yeah, than, I, I totally you know, forgot you think, like, so. until reading these first two issues about like how much his suit adds to his power. He's supreme level if he if he can get enough juice in there. It's cool. Uh, and then there's also a backup in this issue. That's interesting for our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans. <laughs> yep, we're finally getting that origin story we wanted for, uh, what's his face? Johnny Ryburn. Johnny Ryburn. So he was a, he was a, um... Convict. Convict, convicted killer, got sent into space as a, as like a reduction of a sentence. Although no, course... it's a, it's a, it's a suicide yeah. trip. Oh, it's a suicide trip. Yeah, it's so a controversial he... one-way suicide trip. He's out there manning a, a probe that'll never come back. All right, so he's out beyond Pluto, and he runs into aliens, and uh, he basically gets torn apart and then rebuilt as a cyberized Death Watch is what he guy. Means. No, although no, I don't no. think he calls himself Death Watch yet. No, oh, that, for the listeners. that doesn't happen till Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes, for the listeners. But I love the I love the idea here that Gary has written. That, like, the alien doesn't really mean harm. It's just fucking coming trying to, like, communicate. And so it's mechanical. And when it goes to communicate, it's just, like, you know, pumping fucking wires into him and stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, odds of survival, like, low. Like, it's, like, it's trying to, like, communicate with him. But it's, like, running wires into him and shit. And then, like, after it does, it's like, oh, oops. You know, this thing probably won't live. And then once, like, it gets in its mind his evil fucked up serial killer thoughts. Yeah. It, it becomes overwhelmed and it wants to break the connection, but he like fucking overwhelms it. I thought that that dude, let me tell you something. Gary doesn't give enough, get anywhere near enough credit for good writing. Like that's a great idea. That's such a fucking cool twist. He didn't come exactly in peace, but he didn't intend for this to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, this alien wasn't trying to, you know, fucking kill this dude, but he didn't really care too much either. But then once he makes the connection, he doesn't fucking want to keep it. And, like, Rayburn's like, uh-uh, boy, come on, I'm going to get you. I'm a, it is I'm a funny concept. <laughs> and then, I love it. Dude. So, I thought it was cool. did you guys notice this Tom Coker pinup? Dude, I think that was going to be the cover for issue two. Yeah, I think I Oof. think that's modem. No, I think was so. that supposed to be modem? That's what I think too. I think so. Goddamn titties, too far apart. Like crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy how, titties. Look, see, I don't know why people draw them like that. I know that's how real titties mm-hmm. work, but it don't look good. I well, think like, it, it looks like is, you probably just copied like, the Playboy or something like, like that. The coloring mm. is not doing it any favor either. Like they, you, there, you you want to talk about bad like early computer coloring? There's yeah. that gross airbrush coloring that I was talking about. But then again, like look how fucking ugly Vanguard looks. Yeah. Look at his goddamn ugly giant teeth. <laughs> You're gonna try and make that your main character, and in the letters column, Augie writes in, and Augie is writing in about how. Wizard Magazine is bagging on mm. Vanguard's looks. They call him the, a stupid, the stupid-looking guy with Q-tips on his head. This is not okay. Yeah. It's not this issue. It's in another issue. But like I'm just saying, like it's a shame because it's like I think Vanguard looks fucking awesome. I think Vanguard has an excellent design, 
But when you look at this like fucking yeah. coker pinup, this is just I swear just to God, the amount of space at the top of the pinup and everything. It just really makes me think that this was supposed to be the cover for two, and that was supposed to be a modem. And it really looks that like makes he sense. just looked like just grabbed some kind of like uh, swimsuit issue or something to to do that modem uh, drawing. It's certainly not very good. That's the subtitle on this picture: too much space. <laughs> And then the guy's eye level is right. The the bald scientist, yeah. he's like eye level just, right with the boobs, and like it's like his eyes are looking at no, the boobs. It's, it's not, just there's not nothing good. on that cover that makes me be like I need to buy this. God. No, in fact, looking at this cover, <laughs> yeah. avoid Vanguard. And then you look at the the cover of Vanguard too, and it's great. I think it's cool. Yeah, there's also another pinup in here, right? Of that cover recolored differently. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that weird? It's like a first yeah. attempt coloring at the cover, yeah, which I think, I think the cover did a better job. A better choice. I think the green background kind of kills it. And then just, I mean, I guess they just went with just making her one kind of color, which kind of makes sense, too. On the, on the... the use of negative space, though, it, yeah, on the cover absolutely. is strong as hell. Like, I think it's so much better executed than the one that they... It's cool, though. It is, it's yeah, it's a, a weird thing, but like it's it. very cool. Although they made the Vanguard logo smaller to kind of fit it in, which is weird. That's true. It would cover uh, her head. That's right. I mean, I guess they could have flipped it. Yes. But whatever. 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 Eh, I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> a, I'm not a scientist. And now, scientist. I mean... <laughs> and now for the... I'm sure for many people, the highlight. Well, wait, the there, there's a Freak around. Force number Meh. two ad on the back cover. So that's where we're at. We, yeah, we didn't talk about the ads in issue number one. Real quick, we'll go back to the ads in issue number one because uh, the wraparound cover made me forget that there was this one back ad about Art Thurbert. Who Thur- was it? X-Men Thur- guy Thurbert. at the time? <laughs> Thibbert. Yeah, he's doing covers for Supreme. Very yeah. exciting. Uh, no, no, no. We got the inside the triple issue, fold. So we got, we got this an one. ad for Super Patriot 4. Oh, right. Yeah, that one was there. I feel like there was something the else. Am I wrong? Yep. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. No, yep, there was, there was the backup, and that's it. I do want to say I do like this backup. Um, I'm not going to talk much about it. We're trying to stay slim and trim, but I, I really do like this backup. It's weird how well old Eric R. holds up. What? Um, in issue one. one, yep. Yeah, and I'll be honest the uh, the ads in issue number two are just Wildcast number seven, and we've already seen the Max versus Pit cover so many times. <laughs> and uh, Stormwatch Prime returns, and uh, that is what that is. And yeah, uh, the Freak Force two covers on the back of this one, so we know about when this was coming out in relation to that. Which uh, in a future episode we will be talking about very shortly. How many dudes do you think in the early, like, um, mostly, like, the Wildcat side of Image, how many dudes do you think look like Wolverine? Uh, many. I mean, like, in, 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 in those, it was bad because um, Wildstorm had a few and yeah. Extreme had a few. I'm just looking at this Stormwatch ad. Look at the guy who's right by Jim yeah. Lee's name. Yeah. 
It's just like, what if Wolverine had mutton chops? Yeah. Like long, flowy mutton chops. And white skin. Rip claw. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's actually, no. is that Rip claw? My, I think no. Rip claw has tattoos. Rip claw got the pony. RB, who was the other guy? Right. Seahawk? Or who was the but, blood? The, the blood strike guy? Blood you're asking guy. the wrong fella. I I yeah. I know. Who oh oh, the blood strike guy. That that's oh, um um. He was he was he was he. Michelle <laughs> couldn't even make that guy cool. <laughs> now that is saying something. Moving along though, Vanguard Three I'm sure is the highlight for many many people just because you got big big. And Flex Dragon. Joe Mad has come to play. Yeah, and Dragon. You got Joe Mad and Dra- it's like they. It's so funny. It's like they put all their, they put all their oomph into this fucking number three. You know what I'm saying? You got Joe Mad. You got Dragon. Like you got a really good action sequence. I think the action in this was superior to the action in the Supreme versus Vanguard well, uh, issue. I'm going to say something controversial. I actually don't think the action in this issue is great. Because you spend all the all almost all the issues Dragon versus Lurch. It's not even Dragon versus Vanguard. So it's more, don't know that. it's more. No, you know that from the beginning. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So you, you basically you're watching Dragon make a fool of himself the entire time. Well, it's Vanguard's book. It's okay for Dragon to be foolish. But uh, let's do those creators. <laughs> we got Eric Larson, uh, co-creator editor. We got Gary Carlson, co-creator writer. We got Joe Med. Maduria. Maduria. Joe Mad, penciler. Jim Sinclair on art, on inks. Um, Chris Iliopoulos, Chris Iliopoulos letters. Uh, we got three colorists. We got Brad Vincata, Reben Rude, and Scott, Steve Olive. So that's a lot of colorists. Uh, and we got a pimple riddled fanboy, Josh Icorn. <laughs> Separations by Olympics and film output by Kelly O Graphics. This was published December 1994. I think, uh, Wait a fuck it. Whoa, wait a minute. What, what? the fuck? Last yeah, issue it, was November 93. This was December 94. Is that big for old real? Gap, right? Wow. Yeah, big old gap. Wow, no uh, wonder this went got canceled. Yeah, in the letters column and and I hate to like call out names here, but like you notice who's the artist on this big gap? Uh yeah, I noticed. So there you go. I mean, he's not Wait, exactly that can't be Joe. True though, because there's a Freak Force ad for issue number three in the back. Maybe it's a typo. He's not Joe Deadline. <laughs> he's Joe Mad. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, hmm. I think it's a yeah. typo. I gotta check. I gotta check. Moving along, anyway, though, I just want to say that, like, you know, I I think that uh, Joe Mad brings it uh, in this. I think it's absolutely fucking fantastic action. Yeah, Fant- it's a typo. You talk about it's a typo. It's December ninety three, not ninety four. Because number four comes 93, out. Ninety three, not ninety four. No, okay. it is that because number. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a typo. Joe Mad's not that bad. Way to go, Raven! Just <laughs> shit on him. Yet. Yet. <laughs> hey, he's doing good, guys. He's doing good. He got that video game company. He 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 ended up all right. Yeah. I don't feel bad. But I think that uh, this issue is strong as hell. I think like Joe Mad does a great dragon. I think his vanguard is cool as shit. I think his technology is fucking awesome. Lurch, this is your first real good look at Lurch, who you know, as we know, became very important later. 
but like you know there were many morphlings lurch was a character and so i think this was a fucking just a stellar issue dude again kind of, if this kind of funny he did dragon versus dragon first when you think about it before anyone yeah <laughs> this this was the genesis of the evil twin basically but you know you even get like i said like this is the genesis like you get lurch like and uh Lur- lurch, Jim, you know. lurch is a that kind of like his face mm-hmm. is like goo mm-hmm. that that becomes pretty standard with his look where previously it was more of yeah. a blank face right it looks like so silly get the lumpy gooey face on lurch yep. yeah right. mm-hmm. i like it craig you nailed it dude i think of silly putty every or clay like every time i see lurch i think of yeah, like silly sure putty or clay you nailed too. it i will I will say Joe Mad does also maintain Roxanne's style from the Pearson issue, so at least there's some uh, um, design continuity there. I think he, he does the same with Vanguard just too. Just a bit, you know that that's where it can. No, no, what, I'm, it kept the style. Oh yeah. Um. Otherwise, it's a fight issue. Dragon and. Lurch fight, and then Vanguard briefly gets his suit back and fights, and eventually Roxanne brings the helmet, and all of misunderstandings are resolved. But basically, yeah. the um, this happened because Wally switched out Vanguard, teleported Vanguard out, which we saw last episode. So Lurch is sitting right, in right. the prison cell. Nobody like realizes he's not Vanguard anymore. It's a little silly because then. Like, Dragon kind of just punches him in the face because he's not moving. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> and even Frank says it. It's like, you can't do that. It's and then, great. You know, he turns into Lurch and Dragon's like, see, it's not an alien. But how does Dragon know that, you know, Vanguard isn't some kind of shapeshifter or something like that? <laughs> Good point. Well, it's cool. Yeah. Dragon's got detective work here. Like, the thing is, is Dragon's using his, like, ability to detect, like, throughout yeah. this issue. I kind of liked that. Because, like, you see Dragon using, like, common sense and, like, you know, he's yeah. putting two and two together. But then he thinks it is Vanguard again because when Lurch reforms his Vanguard. So I think he does kind of get an, a thought that Vanguard could be some kind of shapeshifter alien. Yeah, that's the mistake he makes. Like, at first he's like, dude, the alien got away. And then when Lurch starts, like, shapeshifting, he's like, oh, no, the alien's a shapeshifter. So, yeah, he makes the mistake. It's funny because he was right. And then he like and gets it, it is it funny wrong. that the whole issue is like Vanguard <laughs> so, in his underwear, like trying to get his costume back, trying to get a sandwich. <laughs> Why'd you say it that way? No, oh, I heard it somewhere before. <laughs> I love it. Um, I just want to say that, like, I think this is a cool issue just for all the different reasons, like all the things it does. Like, you know, you see Vanguard being moral, like he's helping the dude that gets mugged. You see Dragon, like, you know, beating the shit out of Lurch, using detection. But he's not so much of a dick that when he realizes he's wrong, he just shakes hands like whatever. I also think it's cool that you see them literally refer to actual aliens as illegal aliens. Right. Which is something that Savage Dragon still uses that terminology yeah. that way to I, this day. 
like they literally refer to like if you're not from if you're not from Earth, you're an I illegal think, um, alien. It's Gary funny. does a good job maintaining kind of the Savage Dragon highbrow universe tone of a mix of silliness and heroics. And uh, one of my favorite scenes um, of the series, also second to the the one of uh, Vanguard appearing in the window, is when Vanguard's messing around with Lurch. He's trying to like fix his programming, and he's like opened up the back of his head, and that girl's like, "Oh my god, he, that alien's eating that man's brain!" I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool Agreed, little like dude. humorous, like especially Wally brings a lot of humor to it. Is a lot, a lot of the TV references and stuff like that uh, makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Question: A sequence that has never worked for me when Van gets shot in the shoulder. Frank goes, no, his suit's bulletproof. And Dragon grabs his eyes and says, oh, crap. And then on the next panel, Dragon's, like, on his knees. Did the bullet come back and hit Dragon? Like, what the hell? Like, so. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to have to point that. You have to tell me what page that is. Like, give me more. So, dis- oh, okay. The speech bubble for oh, crap is not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Van- in, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I think it may have singed his eyes. Yeah, I think that might be the idea. Like glanced yeah, his it eyes. Really it's just a bizarre work. sequence. Like His most vulnerable area. <laughs> no, not my eyes. And then it, it's just kind of that's always. I told you I read this issue way too much. All these years, I've always been like, "What did the bullet like hit Dragon in yeah, the eye?" Especially eyes? since like, we've seen bullets just bounce off Dragon. It's too. a weird thing. And he's fine. Literally, like it's not like the bullet struck yeah. his eyes out. Because he doesn't heal up so fast. It's not like his... So it's kind of like I am at a complete loss as for what happened in that moment. Yeah, I thought he he did a good job drawing Frank throughout. Frank looks cool. It's cool to see... It's cool to see... Yep. With his, yeah. his big anime eyes. It's cool to see Frank, Frank a lot like as kind of like a partner in this because you don't really get that much. I like mm-hmm. the use of, the hel- of Vanguard's helmet to explain how he can understand English and stuff and how that's... You know that that page at the end with Frank, where, where he's looking at Lurch. Mm-hmm. If you look, he's making the same face as Vanguard on the opposite page. The a little page sideways where he's glance at thing. Lurch. Uh, the the one where just the one just before the bullet ricochet. Page. The one where he's like a uh, dragon. Yeah, a uh, dragon. Yeah. And then you're saying his face is just like sounds like I've been spotted. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm saying like on the exact on the on the page before it. You see Vanguard uh, making the, the same like face. Like the lifted eyebrows. Right, kinda. right, right. Yeah. Whoop. <laughs> the sound effect. Whoop. <laughs> but good. This, this was good, dude. I, I like this. I feel like this. If, if this was number one. And then, of course, it ends with so, the stinger that Wally shows up and is like, you must die, Vanguard. And blasts him. Which was a good stinger. I mean, that was a crazy cliffhanger to me. The colors are much better than when you compare it to, like, yeah, well, so you compare it to the first too, issue. so you might just be getting better. So when you look now and you can just see the difference. Although, actually, R- Reven Rude and Steve Olive also worked on this. So, it might have been a team effort making it look so good. It's just getting better, that's all. It's just getting better practice. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. There, you don't really have so much, you know, weird choices. You know what I mean? You also don't see a lot of that shabby yeah. airbrush work. Like, there's, like, you know, like, you, 
I don't know. It I'll just, be honest. It, you saw that more in the earliest image titles, like mm-hmm. like the two that the nineteen ninety two stuff. By now, I think people are realizing it's not working. It's funny. I mean, we saw it last issue, like that shabby airbrush work. And then on this issue, it's like almost nowhere to be seen. So it's kind of cool that they realized so quick (laughs) that uh, that doesn't look good. You know what I mean? But yeah, no real backup in this one. Just a a meaty. Did you see where in the beginning of the letters page, Eric talks about that um, pinup from the last issue? Where he says, uh, the pinup at the end of Vanguard 2 was a Titanic Tom Coker's original design for the villainous uh, villainous from that very issue. So that I'm guessing that was supposed to be the cover. Because he's saying it was supposed yeah, to be modem. Dude, they dodged a bullet. <laughs> they dodged a bullet. <laughs> Man, modem's final design was so much yeah. cooler than what Coker did. Looks like there's a big crossover going on over at Wildstorm. Uh, with uh, running through Wildcat, Cyberforce, I guess just Wild Force, Wildcats Man. and Cyberforce. Don't miss the stunning collusion. Conclusion. <laughs> the ad copies are so they're so they ugly gave her back their heart. You look at it now with you know twenty whatever years on. They gave her their hearts. She <laughs> ripped them in two, <laughs> and they're both Wolverines. Like these, like we were talking about. There's Rip yeah, Claw, and, and I think his name is Side Character too. Look at her like claw fingers. <sighs> yeah, she's got yeah. Lady Deathstrike sort of thing going on with her fingers, which Classic I'm sure. Stars. Which I'm sure. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Jim Lee was responsible for too, so that makes sense. Oh yeah. He did Yikes. like his so his wait, claw hands. They, this crossover yeah. happens during Cyberforce one, two, and three. It says Wildcats five, uh, Cyberforce one, yeah. Wildcats what six, Cyberforce two, Wildcats seven, Cyberforce three. You know you're in trouble That's, when you're doing crossovers that early. That's it's berserk. And and what's funny too, you look at these house ads. I mean, I don't mean to skip Pit. Like I think Pit's. Like if you want to talk about like Dale Keown, you just like that kid again, <laughs> leagues above his like peers there. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like that pit ad looks sweet, but what I really want to draw attention to is your Batman and yeah, Spawn crossover. Waste any time. <laughs> they didn't fuck around. Think about that. How quick yeah. they got into that. I'm shit. I'm sure DC called him up right away as soon as he left Marvel right. too. And was like, hey, you really, you really think that's the direction it went? Yeah. Well, I guess Probably. that would make I guess that would make sense if they left Marvel, DC yeah, would be rubbing their hands together. Oh yeah. When this image comics thing or failed, just swoop in, pick know, them all up. Don't McFarlane was the hottest thing in the world in the comic world right at this point. The hot the, the biggest probably yeah. will never be an artist as big as McFarlane was at this point. Uh, uh yeah, dude. Really that big? Dude. Yeah, he was huge, dude. It's un, un He only drew yeah. like five comics. What do you comics? mean he only drew five comics? I think only like Jim Lee titles? was bigger though. Like No, like five, like it's a joke, but I <laughs> didn't think he drew that many Spider Man issues. He drew in, quite in a bit. And then he drew the regular Spider Man title. So he was on Amazing for a while, the regular Spider Man. He was on Batman for a bit. 
Hulk. He was on Hulk. It's Spawn he dropped off of real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, like I think I was saying on one of our one of our fincasts, or maybe it's one that we're gonna publish in the future. <laughs> maybe one of the from the future. But yeah. when I was a kid, I mean, he would <laughs> his covers were on everything, and you just bought it because it was McFarlane because you wanted to see new McFarlane art. I, I mean, I was there when he was like the biggest thing, and let me tell you, like I don't look at it the same. It's nostalgia, but every kid I knew was like wanted to draw like Todd McFarlane. I huh. still put Jim Lee above him only because I think Jim Lee spawned way the fuck more clones. Like, dude, there were not very many McFarlane clones, but goddamn, everybody and their brother know, tried to draw like Rob Liefeld or Jim Lee. Caused, he, caused, he called cause Sylvester to there change his style. There were quite a lot much. of McFarlane yeah. clones out there, too. Awful clones, too. Really bad. Yeah. Most of them were awful. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, look at that Jim Lee. Look at that pit ad, though. Jim, you're telling me you don't like those neck veins? No. Neck look veins at all are, those goddamn neck veins. Neck veins are one of those things I... It's very off-putting. Like, when people put them on Dragon, <laughs> it's big nope. Look how mad he is. He's like, oh, fucking damn it. Doesn't he just look... I don't know. I don't know. It just does not appeal to me. Yeah, I don't you just want to see that guy hit something? He looks so generic. He's a no, Hulk with no nose. No, no Sharp He's claws. got a ponytail and a vest. Although now, now, now that I think about it, this guy was probably the guy who drew Hulk with no nose. Because that was a whole thing for a little while. Hulk always has a little tiny nose. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm pretty sure this pit this guy, pit guy says, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> this is my childhood. <laughs> no, D- Dale Keown was awesome. another guy. Like, all these guys I, on the, these image books, I'm telling you. I know you're a little younger than I, but yeah. they Legends, could do dude. no wrong when we were kids. And still, I feel like that with Dale yep. Keown. His art is well, amazing. I know you're not a big fan. I It still blows me well, away. It's still good. I would have... Well, listen, I would have been about 10 years yeah. old at this point, and I had read some yeah. Spider-Man at this point, and I was starting to get into comics, and I looked at this image stuff in Wizard Magazine, and I just... I no, didn't maybe the, the wave was winding down. Why are the muscles so... Why are the, why are the muscles so big? Why are the girls yeah. so tiny? Oh, dude, hey, man, these no things sold millions. Do Look it better. Those... <laughs> Look at those veins. <laughs> Look at those goddamn veins. But honestly, Fuck, so like, good, dude. <laughs> that logo looks like blood. But, you know, his his cut. Good. I would be. I I I was the kind of kid that I wouldn't even want to be caught looking at these comics because I w- would get looks from my parents. <laughs> <laughs> this was embarrassing. Man, I just thought no, I man. saw Dale. Killings, at least I felt that Hulk, way, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing." I know you feel different, but. At that time, yeah. and I, like I said, I have, I, I'm not going to apologize. I still think Dale Keown murders most artists out there when you look at his stuff. Dale Keown's bad to the bone. Yeah, he's fucking. He's still a badass dude. He, he, you, you Google his shit, it's fucking a. It, like the shit he's making now is like heads and shoulders yeah. above shit yeah. that's fucking being yeah. made. Oh, it's so good, dude. Freak Force number three. Look at these purple History motherfuckers the attacking the Freak Force. Yeah, dude. We well, I mean, that, all, we all right? remember that, too. Coming up, that'll be our, one of our next uh, FinCast retros. Yep. Two or three or more. Three, two or three more I uh, like, retro uh, episodes. 
a Super Patriots gun. Group. He's got that one tube that's just hanging up there for some reason. <laughs> it's still like transforming. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's still coming e- down. Extra tube. Yeah, that's the scope. The the rest oh, of them are for he, he's not wrong. It is the scope. Yeah, maybe you're right. Now that I'm looking you at it because it's the, kind of yeah. it's kind of on his eye line. Okay, look at these br- the bruise crew purple. <laughs> it's so purple. And then look at, I've, I'm telling you, dudes, we got to add for Spawn 20, dear listeners. It's just Malbolgia sitting in his throne. And does anyone else think that Malbolgia is just yeah, fucking stupid fan. looking? <laughs> yeah. Those thighs He's not intimidating work, at all. Know. Yeah. His beard gut, like, very the, thin arms. Uh, yeah. Very uh, Jane hair <laughs> from Spider-Man. And he was still, like... <laughs> Using that style. Yeah, dude. I think Mal... And he's just got violator mouth, only he's huge, yeah. so the mouth isn't huge, just like, like scr- normal size. Yeah, I think Mal Bolgia... Yeah, he, he fucking sucks, dude. He looks like if you really, like, started fighting him, all you'd have to do is but just isn't break he, like, his huge? arms. I mean, like, if he kicked you, it'd be over, but... <laughs> he's a giant, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah. He still looks stupid. By Spawn 20, McFarland isn't drawing the interiors anymore, right? It's got to be close to him leaving at, at, uh, there, if not already. It, he only did, yeah. like, seven and issues of Spawn. It, was it Angel Medina? So, or, uh, Greg Capullo and Angel Greg Medina Capullo, are, like, the Angel fucking Medina heavy hitters of Spawn. Greg Capullo came back, I think. But Greg Capullo's art back then doesn't, you know, is way different than what it eventually becomes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Capullo is another one of those. This is yeah. a fucking total monster. But this He's this awesome. ad for Spawn. Spawn um, what is the pack? Does he really need to write like six paragraphs? Like, no. Who's going to read that? I don't care. I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> yeah. need to read this. Yeah, you're right. For the listener, what you have is you have an image of Malbolgia, black and white too. There's no color in this ad, which is fucking weird because Spawn is in color. So yet. I don't know why this ad is black and white. I mean, that's what I'm saying, because it, what's funny is, I like it. All right, so here's how you know. You flip to the other side. All right, well, the other side is black and white. Technically, it might have been a cost-saving measure, but this is not even shaded. What do you like, mean it's the just other Mount just sitting in a fucking chair. I think it means interior front cover. Yeah, the oh, interior okay, front yeah, cover yeah. is also black and white. So technically, it could have been printed in black and white to be cost, but I think it probably just wasn't ready. But, like, you have fucking Malbolgia sitting in a chair for the listeners, and he's like, it's a giant rectangle. It fills up almost most of the page, but it's a weird rectangle. Then you got the Spawn face logo, like three fucking paragraphs that just don't compel you to read. And then Spawn's it's, logo right there. It's still, weird. still almost monthly. Yeah, what a tagline. Still almost monthly. Still only a dollar ninety-five. Wow, dude. So that's Vanguard issue number three. Well, there's an ad for the Pact. All oh, right, the, the fuck Pact. is the Pact? Who fucking knows? The only Pact I remember is when uh, Valentino revived him for as like a crossover thing with uh, Invincible. Yeah, this and is Shadow the Pact. This is uh, mm-hmm. Valentino. You're... This must be a Val- This must be a Valentino vehicle, it or at is. least okay. a part of Shadowline. The art for that, yeah, coming at you like a freight train. <laughs> what an no, impression! See this. This right here is generic image art. Spit lines 1. on the mouth. Yeah. 
This is this is this is what Pitt looks like. Get out! Oh my oh, god, dude! Fuck out here. You know what, guys? This this will be my Look last the podcast with the Savage Fincast. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? I know when you're joshing me, and you're joshing me. You're joshing me with that. The pack does not look like Del Keown art. Thanks. You're hurting my you're soul. You're joshing me. <laughs> well, I mean, that's it, folks. One, two, and three. Bam, boom, Sweet bam, Jesus. in the can. So I guess we'll see you uh, in an upcoming Savage Fincast retro where we will be uh, covering the rest of the Vanguard miniseries, uh, Vanguard 4, 5, and 6. So, thanks for listening, everyone. Of course, you can always send us a, drop us an email at savagefincast at gmail.com or leave a message on our website, savagefincast.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at the Savage Dragon Eric Larson fan uh, group where we always hang out and are always looking to uh, hear from you. Thank you. I think you can find Jim on the anti Del Keown Facebook groups too. It's not anti if you're just ambivalent. <laughs> the anti uh, neck vein groups. On I, I don't care for the neck veins. <laughs> the tendons. How many tendons does a neck need? <laughs> so hold on. We 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 talked about Vanguard. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. We got it. Yeah, I gotta ask this. We talk about Vanguard number three. There's neck veins galore on that cover. Well, I didn't say I'm a fan of Joe Mann either. <gasps> gas, gas, gasping that one, buddy. Controversial. I like the Pearson issue. I, I gotta agree. A lot more. I get you. This Joe Mad issue really. Well, I mean, I, I like yeah, his art, but this course. Joe Mad issue didn't blow me away art wise. But I thought it was a, a decent, I, one of the better Vanguard art issues. Yeah, I, I mean. So you're telling me Red Monica saunters up to you and you say, gross, get out of here. You freak. You look like a freak, Red Monica. I mean, she does. <laughs> was, uh, All right. He goes pretty hard on the, the, the style, but I think his art got a little bit better by Battle Chasers. But even Battle Chasers didn't really super appeal to me. What do you th- what do you think about his Dark Siders art, the modern Joe? Oh, Man. I don't. Well, I don't really care about that either. I mean, I care God even damn. less about that because it's not comics. <sighs> Joe Mad, I love your art. If you want to <laughs> send me free merchandise and art, you can just at Ravens Dojo on Twitter. I'm your friend, friend of the show. Friend, come on, we'll <laughs> interview you. I mean, I guess he drew some X Men comics. I liked okay. No, I think I think he got <laughs> way better right. as it went on. Like this Vanguard stuff, so his earlier stuff. He he goes leaps. He he gains a lot. Battle chasers a lot oh, different. Yeah, he's a monster. Vanguard, he's a... I feel like at least. Craig, if you haven't seen his video game art, look up Joe Mad Dark Siders. Holy shit! Yeah. He's in a whole nother other league. Yeah, it, it puts all the the work he's doing for his video game companies puts his comic art. I just remember he was like doing Battle shit. Chasers and left to do the video game stuff, and everybody felt so deflated in the comics yep. world because they wanted more Joe Mad art, and he yep. was just like, "Peace, dude." He did an interview, and he said, uh, "To me, video games are truly the perfect yeah. uh, dominant art form." You can tell stories that no other medium. And I was just, I was like, you well, he, goddamn Judas, he could you do goddamn no wrong Judas. before he left, and everybody loved Battle Chasers. And then I remember he came back, and I want to say it was yeah. like ten, fifteen years ago after leaving, and 
He had the pencil art. Like Remember the pencil? Just, everything was pencil? He blew it because, like, people were so hyped on him, and then he left, and then it kind of fizzled out. I mean, he still had his fans, and people still liked his art, but he just right. did, never got back to that same level. Well, do you remember, like, when he came yeah, back, everything was sketchy. pencil? Like, they were putting yeah, digital coloring under his pencils. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, dude, he needs an inker. Like, as tight as his pencils are, and they are super tight. I'm not a big fan on He needs an inker because that pencil. Just being colored. There, I've, I've never seen a colored pencil, uh, pencil with yeah. color look good, ever. No, me either. And they love the idea because they can skip an inker, but it's like, haha, surprise. You either, either got to ink. And color, or you have to paint over it. You can't see yeah. the lines. You got to paint it, like Alex Ross yeah. does. Yeah. The, look at if you're a listener and you want to see, go for those. I think it was like late, like 2010 era. Joe Mad came back with some pencil shit on like Spider Man and Hulk or something like that, and it's just it doesn't do it. It's it's you can tell it's like super lavishly drawn. Now to be fair, to put... at that time at Marvel, they were trying to do that. On a lot of a lot of titles, trying to go straight from pencils to color. Yeah, they were trying to I don't fuck know if inkers. They, I don't know if it was a fuck inkers thing or a cost saving thing, but it, it was, was an experiment dude. that was lying wide on a bunch of things, and it all looked bad. You have trying to make it look like animation art, really, right? Eric's like, talked. To, oh, this is like Disney, like animation something art. like that. Well, Eric has talked about it before, even on this show. Pencilers were never meant to be that tight. When you pencil, it's meant to be loose. The inker is meant to be as much a finisher yeah. as an inker. Right. Like, it's not just meant to trace over your work. Finish He's it, meant yeah. to, like, bring finish, life to it and finish is good, your good rough work. Term. Well, I mean, Eric has, Eric has his perspective because, you know, who he is and all. But it was my understanding that inkers were more because the printing process required uh, black lines in order to reprint properly. So that's not wrong. You're not wrong that, like, inking was born because reproduction of pencils was not good initially. And so what they did is, just like with digital coloring, they were like, oh, you know, we can reproduce pencils one-to-one. We should skip inkers. But the problem is, is that you... <laughs> as, and, and penciling was never meant to be as tight, but you had guys like Joe Mad that could... His pencils looked almost finished. You're like, holy shit, these pencils are just ready to roll. Like, right. why are we even inking this? It's a whole unnecessary step. But the problem is, is that, you know, pencils don't have the value scale yeah. that ink does. Ink is just solid black. Like, right. of course it's got more impact than if you put, like, this gray shaded. Yes, you have less shading, and you have to use, like, tricks like hatching and stuff to emulate shading, whereas with a pencil you can just fucking shade. But... A solid black is going to have more impact than yeah. a, a pencil well, shade, no matter what. Too. I mean, you've got, you know, you, 50, 60 years of comic art done a certain way. It's not as appealing, you know. Right. This is like movies, you know, the technology now, all those lens flares and things like that are put in. They don't, the, with the cameras they have now and all that, you, you don't have lens flare. But you're used to it, and it brings right. out a certain feeling or feel, or it's just appealing. And I think that's what ink, you know, it's to me, it's just more appealing. I mean, of course, you can print comics that are just in pencils. It just, to me, in my eye, that's been trained to like inks, I, I think that's, that's why. I think it just looks better, too. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe if we never had inks in, in comics, no one would care. 
No, you're not wrong. I mean, that's the thing is, like you said, it's just like we're talking about like going against decades, and it's just definition. Yeah. Like a black line defines it, and you have like you know stark contrast. And then when you go to pencil, no matter how well shaded it is, no matter how many values yeah. you gain of grayscale, because you do, you gain like infinite more values yeah. of grayscale. But you just bam, you're missing that yeah, impact, and just that stark contrast, line weights, it means and all so that much stuff. more. It's just yeah, yeah. All right, Savage Art Cast is over. Over. <laughs> Thank you, listener. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you, Jim. Thank you, Craig. Till till next time. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>